helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Michael will be doing part two of last week's show entitled Psychosomatic Illnesses, The Suffering of Job. And he will be using the biblical text in Job 2, 7 to 10 and Job 7, 13 to 20. He will be covering how to identify if you have this illness and how to recover from it. If you are new to this show, we're on the air every Monday at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's ministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546 elim is a professional counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it let's go right into today's show it is so good to be in studio today, and I want to thank you for joining us again on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In part one, last week's show, Psychosomatic Illnesses, The Suffering of Job, we introduced the idea that Job's state of mind may have exacerbated his symptoms, and that aspects of his suffering could be classified as a psychosomatic illness. In defining psychosomatic illness, we said psychosomatic is made up of two Greek words, psych, which means soul or the mind, and soma, which means body. So putting those two terms together, we get the term psychosomatic. So a psychosomatic condition is one where psychological factors such as stress, anxiety, and depression give rise or significantly contribute to the development, worsening, or continuance of physical symptoms. We use Job chapter 7 verse 13 to 16 and verse 20 to paint a picture of Job's state of mind. That is the psychological part of Job's suffering. And I'll read those verses uh, from verse 13, uh, 13 to 16 and verse 20. It reads as follows. When I think my bed will comfort me, and my couch will ease my complaint, even then you frighten me with dreams and terrify me with visions, so that I prefer strangling and death rather than the body of mine. I despise my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. If I have sinned, what have I done to you? You who see everything we do, why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? So there we have the reading. So Job is, is talking to God and you can hear the anguish in his tone. You can hear the, the, the fact that he seems depressed. He seems as if he doesn't want to continue living. If you had a relative that told you that they preferred strangling and death rather than the body that they have, that would be a very serious 
condition. And so Job is at this state where is the psychological factors of his suffering is leading to this state of deep depression and anguish. And so with with the stress and anxiety, as we said before, in defining psychosomatic illnesses, these factors can lead to a worsening of the symptoms. We also said last week that Job, as we read of his state of mind in this passage, is a lot different than what we read earlier on in the text in Job chapter 2, verse 9. In that passage, Job's wife seemed to be falling apart, and she encouraged Job to curse God and die. In other words, she got to this place where she couldn't stand to see her husband suffer anymore, and she encouraged him, Job, just curse God, give up on your faith, curse God. Look at what he has done to us. Curse God and die. And Job, at that point in his suffering, said, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? That is Job 2, verse 10. Last week, we also quoted Dr. Susan O'Sullivan, who in her article, When the Body Speaks, said, Quote, Modern society likes the idea that we think ourselves better when we are unwell. We tell ourselves that if we adopt a positive mental attitude, we will have a better chance of recovery. I am sure this is correct, but society has not fully woken up to the frequency with which people do the opposite unconsciously, think themselves ill. Unquote. In, in that article, Dr. O'Sullivan also went on to talk about psychosomatic illnesses, and she said, quote, Psychosomatic disorders are physical symptoms that mask emotional distress, unquote. So what she's saying in that article is that there are times when there are, psycholo- there are psychological factors that are not dealt with that manifest itself in bodily symptoms. So what could have been the psychological factors that Job has not dealt with in his life? We said last week also that Job had suffered tremendous trauma. His 10 children died in a natural disaster. And Job's way of dealing with that was to worship God. And there is no mention of Job getting in touch with his pain. There is no mention of anything that he did that showed that he mourned the the loss of his children. So it's quite possible from that that Job has not dealt with his suffering and as a result dealt with his trauma, and as a result, he is suffering from physiological symptoms as well. In other words, his body is 
is manifesting symptoms as a result of not dealing with the trauma. If you have missed part one of the show, we encourage you to go to our website, elimcounselingministry.com, and you can search for psychosomatic illnesses, the suffering of Job. Uh, Our website will take you to our YouTube channel where you can find that podcast and many other podcasts that we have done, many other shows that we have done as well. In this second part of the show, we will be focusing primarily on how to identify if you have a psychosomatic illness and what steps you can take to overcome that illness. So here are five signs of psychosomatic illness. If you have any of these five symptoms or more than one of these, there's a quite a good possibility that what you have is a psychosomatic illness. So number one is doctors cannot find an explanation for your sickness. You have done all the tests and they just can't seem to find anything wrong with you, but you are still feeling the pain. And let's keep in mind, as we said last week, that psychosomatic illness is real. We're not saying that the person is making up their suffering. This is very real pain and real physical symptoms that is being felt by the person who has psychosomatic illness as a psychosomatic illness. But for, for in terms of the medical field, the doctors are having a very hard time or usually have a very hard time finding out what's the cause of the illness. So they will send you to do all the tests, the MRIs, and they will do the x-rays, and they will do the blood work, and nothing will show up as being unusual in the tests that you have done. Number two is if your sickness does not improve as expected after receiving the prescribed treatment. So you might be sent to specialists. The specialists have done all that they can do, but despite that, the the sickness persists. Number three, your mental health is deteriorating as a result of the physical symptoms. So you're becoming depressed, you're becoming anxious, or you're becoming fearful, or all of the above. And so if you're having uh, a decline in your mental health, it is quite possible that your mental state is either maintaining the sickness, causing it, or exacerbating the physical conditions that you have. And we see this in the, in the book of Job because we read that Job was suffering from nightmares. And if he's suffering from nightmares, then we can see how this would make his body further decline because the kind of nightmares he's having where he's saying that he feels as if God is terrifying him in his sleep. Then he's not sleeping. He's probably going to be tired the next day. His immune system is going to be affected. And then the physical symptoms could develop more or he could have other physical illness as a result of the state of his mental health. Number four is if you have family members or doctors who are concerned that you have become too preoccupied with your symptoms, they feel that you, you're just talking about the symptoms too much and the illness has taken center stage in your life to the sacrifice of 
everything else. This could be a sign that you're suffering from a psychosomatic illness. This is how relatives often feel about a person with a psychosomatic illness, that the illness has just taken over and that's all the person talks about and it becomes the focus of the person's attention. They're alarmed by the symptoms that they that they have and they're preoccupied. And so the fear and the anxiety is behind that, right? So a sign any sign that that the, the, the illness is there or is worsening creates a crisis. And there's a sort of vicious cycle that develops as a result of that. And number five your physical symptoms started after a particular stressful event in your life. So maybe it's after the loss of a job and you have suddenly become sick. Maybe it's after the, the breakup of a marriage and you have suddenly become sick. And so if you if you have, a, a, or maybe it's after a trauma that you have suffered and, you know, you, you weren't injured in the trauma uh, per se, but then there are psychological symptoms or physical symptoms, I should say, that develops after developed after that. We see this in the story of Job. Job lost his children, his 10 children died in a natural disaster. And shortly after, Job became afflicted with boils. We know the, the physical explanation that he was he he was afflicted by the devil with the, with his physical illness. But this is also the case in a lot of psychosomatic illnesses where after trauma, people develop physical symptoms. Sometimes it's immediately after. Sometimes it can be years after because the trauma is not resolved and the stress hormones in the body over time leads to these physical symptoms. So there are the five uh, possible possible signs that could identify that you have a psychosomatic illness. So here are some of the common psychosomatic illnesses uh, that, that was listed by the University of Michigan as common psychosomatic illnesses. Stomach pain, headaches, chest pain, fatigue, limb pain, back pain, difficulty breathing. These are just a few of the common psychosomatic illnesses that people have. Fatigue is becoming more and more a common one. Many people with fibromyalgia and uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, there might be an element of of psychosomatic illness behind a lot of those diseases. And that is why it's not responding to the treatment and doctors cannot find uh, a medication that takes away the fatigue and the, the pain that people with these disease, th- these disease are experiencing. But in many cases, people respond to psychological treatment. I've had many people over the years who have had these diseases who have come in and who have worked on their psychological issues, the unresolved psychological issues in their life, and the pain stop, the fatigue goes away, and they're able to function again healthily and normally in life. So, These are just a few, but let me say that there are other ones as well. Psychosomatic illness can also be in the form of a paralysis. It can also be in the form of blindness and even skin conditions that break out for no apparent reason 
can be a psychosomatic illness. One experience, one, one case that comes to mind is, of, is a friend of mine who, who told me of a situation where she was with this this boyfriend that was very jealous because she had gone out with someone else and he became incensed and angry at her for for the fact that she went out and so he tried to force her to go on a road trip with him against her will she didn't want to go and as she told me the story she said i was driving and i'm going across this bridge and all of a sudden I lost all power in my legs. My legs just gave out and the car managed to come to a stop safely, but I was paralyzed. The ambulance had to be called and she said she wasn't faking it. She was literally paralyzed. She couldn't walk for several days. And then the the life returned to her limb in her limbs shortly after. So it wasn't a long lasting paralysis, but she she was paralyzed for uh, a period of time. So if you have a psychosomatic illness, you can identify with any of what I have talked about here today. Let us get into the meat of the show where we are now going to talk about here is what you can do if you have a psychosomatic illness. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Psychosomatic Illnesses, The Suffering of Joe Part 2. If you missed the Part 1, you can find it by linking to our YouTube channel on our website at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael. Number one, the first step if you have a psychosomatic illness is to look for what is called secondary gain. And Freud described secondary gain as an interpersonal or social advantage attained by the patient as a consequence of the illness. So it is some benefit that comes from being being sick. In the case of my friend that I talked about in that example who became paralyzed, the secondary gain for her was that she was prevented from going on this road trip that she didn't want to go on. So it's as if her body literally said no and shut down. And as I said before, this is not been fake. It's a real paralysis. They have done studies that I talked about in last week's show where they get people to fake being paralyzed and they examine others who who are paralyzed as a result of psychosomatic illness. And there is a difference between the two when they study the, the brain waves of these two sets of people. So, so secondary gain, look for a secondary gain. What, it, what is it that you are benefiting from by maintaining this illness? And here are a few things that could be at the root of it. Uh, maybe it's a way of getting attention from people who you love, but you feel were not giving you attention before the illness. Two, it could be freedom from a job you hate. 
You're going to work every morning and the sickness saves you from that because now you're disabled and you're on disability. You don't have to see that mean boss that, you know, make you feel like you're no good every day. It could also be uh, a way of preventing you from having to do something you hate, like in the case of my friend again or fight of pilots who go blind before bombing raids that are very dangerous. And number four, it could be keeping your partner in, in, in a marriage. Like if you become sick and your partner has to take care of you, then the, 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 the benefit there is that you feel by doing so, you're, you're saving your relationship. Uh, the, another thing could be revenge seeking you know you're working hard and you're doing all of these overtime and you're not getting paid for it and you, you know it's really making you angry and so you become sick and now it's a way now where you know subconscious that they're paying you for doing nothing because you are now getting paid for being disabled the other thing too could be uh, to decrease family tension. If you are sick, then your parents will stop fighting and the attention will be on you. And maybe your parents won't divorce because you are now sick and they have to focus. They have to be together in looking after you. It could be to get others off your back for something they were pressuring you to do. Uh, students who become sick before starting university, for example, uh, because they felt pressured, they were pressured to go into a course or a course of study that they didn't really want to go into, and they become sick. The sickness serves as a, as a secondary gain for getting them out of that. It could be that uh, secondary gain could be you feel less guilty for not undertaking a task. If I am sick, then I don't have to feel so bad for not doing that thing that I know that I should be doing. Uh, another secondary gain could also be that it could elicit the pity from loved ones who you view as being uncaring. This could possibly be the case of, of Job. Job may have been trying to get the pity of his friend. Could it be, I should say, that the, the way he, the preoccupation with his symptoms, could, be a, could that be a way that he was trying to get the sympathy of his friends? Job talked a lot about his symptoms, and this is currently the case with people who are suffering from psychosomatic illness. In Job Chapter 7, verse 5, Job says, My body is closed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. And in 17.16, Job talks about his condition again when he said, My face is red with weeping. Dark shadows ring my eyes. So there is this preoccupation with his body. What is going on in his body? And sometimes that's a way of trying to elicit uh, pity from others. That's a secondary gain. Jesus, in, in his question to the man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5, verse 6, that man who was paralyzed and by the pool, where Jesus said to him, do you want to be made whole? That's a very profound question and could be what Jesus is saying. There's secondary gain in your life that you are getting from being paralyzed. And if you get well, are you ready to let go of those, those secondary gain? If you want to hear more about my talk on that passage, I did a show, uh, a podcast on that called The Fear of Success, in which I talked about how this man could have been afraid of success. And so he maintained his condition because he benefited from being 
in that state. So number one is to the first step that they have just outlined here is to look for secondary gain, what it is. And if you can, then speak to a therapist who understands psychosomatic illness and they will be able to help you to to, to come up with what is what are some of the ways that you are benefiting from your illness. The second thing to do if you want to overcome uh, psychosomatic illness is to consider secondary losses. What are some of the things that you are losing by being in that state? So yes, you might be gaining some things, but what is it that you are losing? And begin to list those things because it's a way of 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 shaping your subconscious for change. Begin to write out those things. So you're losing loss of independence. You may be losing the, 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 a meaningful relationship with your children and your spouse. You may be, be losing financial success or, or financial independence. You might also be losing a healthy sex life with your partner as a result of the illness that you have. You might be losing recreational activities that you once enjoyed doing. You might be losing peace of mind because you're so preoccupied with your symptoms. Or you might be losing your spiritual relationship with God because you are so bitter about what you're what you are going through. And again, as I'm saying, I'm not minimizing the suffering. The suffering is real. But if you think you can identify with the signs of psychosomatic illness that I talked about earlier on in the show, then you should consider whether or not you have secondary gain and also number two what are the secondary losses make a list of these losses that you are suffering because that can motivate you and motivate you to start changing and as I said this is an involuntary uh, change it's not something that you can snap your finger but you can start preparing your mind and your body for recovery by working through this kind of a list. And then the third step, if you want to overcome uh, psychosomatic illness, is to get help to deal with the underlying depression and anxiety because the anxiety about the symptoms and the preoccupation with the symptoms is what maintains the psychosomatic illness and make the condition, the, the symptoms even worsen. So depression, uh, anxiety medication can be very helpful. But studies have also been done that shows that CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, is very helpful. Cognitive behavior therapy can help you to deal with the, the, the thoughts, the negative thoughts that are at the root of the illness that you're of the psychosomatic illness it can also uh, help you to change actions that maintains the sickness actions that keeps you preoccupied with your symptoms and keep you in this pathway of 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 ill of of sickness uh, cognitive behavior therapy can be very helpful and there is also what is called activity activation which can be a part of cbt all this means is working with someone who can help you to start start a new way of acting to get you out of that spiral that you're in in your state of psychosomatic illness where you're going downhill all the time and then the fourth thing is to deal with the underlying God image issues. Uh, Job had unhealthy God image issues. Uh, he saw God as being unjust, as being distant, as being punitive. And so this 
help to worsen his mental state. So if you are in that position where you are sick and you, your, your faith is no longer an asset to you, you need to deal with the God image issues. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for feeling anger or feeling frustrated and being honest about those feelings. But I think there needs to come a time when you try to resolve those emotions so you can get over it. Working with a therapist who understand God image issues can help you to overcome that. I see that I am quickly coming to the end of today's show. So I, I want to, to thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you have any further questions about any of these issues or, or any of these uh, points that I have touched on today, please feel free to give us a call by, by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We also want to remind you that we are not for profit organization, and so we depend on your contribution, your donations to stay on the air. We also want to tell you that this podcast, if you missed the first part of it, is on our YouTube channel that you can access by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com And so until next time, this is your host Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. <music>